Welcome to Jurassic World. Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. Move over Tony Stark, introducing Master Mechanics, Gray and Zack. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're discussing Minute 73 of Jurassic World. Before we get that, David, uh, we've seen the Jeeps here in the movie up to this date as well, but uh, we're heading over to Jurassic-P.com now to uh, have a look at a brief write-up on the YJ model Jeep um, that ran from 88 to 96, and uh, it's featured or how it features in the uh, film Jurassic Park with the various models. And I didn't go down because it does come back up. No, it doesn't. It doesn't include the Jurassic World appearance here, but um, all the different Jeep numbers here and their use in Jurassic Park. Yeah. I'd completely forgotten about uh, Jeep 30 being the one that Harding had out in the, the six Triceratops. I did too, actually. And then, of course, we include the... Uh the Jeep 14 that we see later in the uh, game. Yeah. <laughs> that's canon. Okay. That's off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Jurassic Jeeps has pretty much been an icon of the Jurassic Park franchise, even going as far back as the first novel. I know that, Dress that the fandom has their own dedicated um, like motor pools dedicated just to the um, just to the jeeps and the other building the other vehicles and stuff. The jeep is something that I've really always wanted, even if it's not like Jurassic, like an exact replica. I've always kind of wanted like either a jungle green or a um, or like a red one, remove the doors, have the soft top available, beef up the tires, stuff like that, you know? And we've we've mentioned it before with um, fan vehicles and that sort of stuff. It's It could be possibly one of the simplest things to do um, without going full screen accurate 10 in these numbered Jeeps. Just, uh, it doesn't even have to be a 92 or 93. It could, could even, yeah. people do it with new Jeeps, just... Any any sort of like color, white, gray, sand beige. Although I don't think they continue that color after this model. But no, I don't um, think they did either. Yeah, but just having a light colored paint jeep with the red stripe and a, and even not the number, but just the Jurassic Park sticker on the doors, uh, instantly recognizable anywhere. Yeah. Um, 
And that's something I've always wanted to do too, is like stick the decal on the hood and the doors, even if I do make the doors removable. But mm. weather in my area can be unpredictable, mm. to say the least. Yeah, just the cost, the cost to buy one, uh, find one that hasn't been rusted out because it's been yeah. in the snow or that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. As we can see here, oh, in this minute, uh, John Hammond must have had one hell of a rust prevention program going for his vehicles. <laughs> um, well, I mean, like, I priced one when I was looking for a new car. I eventually went with, like, a Chevy Cruze just due to the uh, availability of parts. But for, like, a Jeep, I think it was almost $60,000, which was just ridiculous for a Jeep. It's, I mean, they're made for just being general beaters. They're not supposed to be luxury vehicles. And I feel like Jeep somehow lost that, I lost that vision of just a beater truck that you can do anything. You can take it over a mountain if you want, you know? Yeah, go anywhere. That sort of rough and tumble go anywhere vehicle. Yeah, running on campfire grease. <laughs> yeah, and you're not you're not afraid to take your muddy boots off when you get into it. Mhm. And I'd ha- I'd I haven't googled. I'd have to check now, but I'm pretty sure that'd still be leaf suspension all around and still be a rough ride <laughs> on the highway. That's for the that's for the uh, the two door Wrangler anyway. The, I'm sure the Cherokees mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff is more of a upmarket SUV, but um, no, yeah, I think I priced it for the two-door Wrangler. Oh wow! It was for a brand new one. It was just ridiculously expensive. Yeah, yeah, but then some some car manufacturers, and we're going to tangent, of course. Um, <laughs> Toyota Land Cruiser over here, like the Land Cruiser Utes, very little has changed in them since '86 when they went to the new body shape, and now they have got the V8s in them, but they're still still um, leaf suspension in the back and. They've only just put a cup holder in them <laughs> in the 79 series and that, so it's mm-hmm. um, not really improving on something that's done well uh, apart from your different engine options. Mm-hmm. Again, just that um, that general purpose work vehicle for tradesmen and all sorts and workers, construction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, just looking at the... Um, at the at a brand new Wrangler Sport, which was the two-door soft top that I've always wanted, I must have been looking at the Rubicon when I priced that because the two-door is half of what I what I was thinking, but still twice as much as what I paid for my for the car I have now. Yeah. But I mean, okay, I guess that's what. I mean, I guess you're trading off. You get what you pay for, you know. And I wonder, going back to '92, when uh, when InGen purchased, uh, well, we know we we see five different models of the Jeep in Jurassic Park. Again, the highest number is 30. Whether there's 30 of them, we we don't see 25 of them. Uh, or speculate all you want about about that, but um, even if there's just five, maybe twenty thousand dollars new back in '92. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right with yeah. inflation. Yeah. yeah. Um, then there's transport into the island as well, and <laughs> they um they seem pretty stock compared to the work they've done to the explorers. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they looks like they added additional radio capabilities. The uh, roll cage and uh, I'm sorry, the um, winch and um, front grill cage and some other little kind of doodads, but like you said, pretty stock. Mm. I suppose the two most modified ones would be uh, Jeep Ten, which they go uh, Mulder and Ellie go to. Um get Malcolm because it's the roll cage is removed it's got those toolboxes in the back um, yeah without the rear seats yeah and it almost seems like it's got the um like a and I'm sure this was intentional like um a vintage safari Land Rover kind of look going on to it you know Mm. looks like something that Muldoon would have uh, driven back at the Hammond Canyon so uh safari park that he had yeah yeah well it's sort of like even like the original willie's jeep and that just sort of bare bones because mm-hmm. um, i'm pretty sure the stock version here you got the hinges so you can lay that window down on the, across the hood as well yeah and yeah as you said like they wouldn't have been able to do the stunt where they drive under that fallen tree and out of it was the full fully caged uh jeep they had to have a air quotes convertible version to do that stunt or that um, yeah true action sequence but mm-hmm. we're spending too much time on this jeep <laughs> head over to jurassic-pd.com uh, for uh the write-up on the jeep here it's used in jurassic park again head over to the the motor pool jurassic park motor pool as well if, if you ever thought about getting a jeep done head over there they've got all the resources for where you can buy the parts or most of the parts if you want to go full uh full scan screen accurate or or just your basic, your basic, um, not mod, your basic look, um, or basic build. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I think um, they recently posted over there too that uh, Ramsey was looking for expressions of interest of doing a limited edition run of that Ramsey. Uh, I think it's a seventy-five hundred pound winch as well. Nice. So if um, or it might be nine, but if you yeah, if you're looking, if you have a Jeep and want to get one of them winches maybe go check that out too and see what's going on there but that's it for the jeep for now um david head up again in a minute 73 all right 1992 jeep wrangler sahara sand beige you remember when we fixed up grandpa's old malibu right yeah uh, minute 73 of Jurassic World opens with Zack removing the battery from the bent buggy and ends with a poorly running vehicle launching out of a garage. Uh, it's another full minute here back at the old visitor centre ruins as Zack takes that battery out of the Kawasaki buggy. Again, seemingly product placement here because we can see that Kawasaki sticker on the front of the battery, so I'm <laughs> guessing they'll give these buggies for uh, the film. Still so bugs me because there's no way that Kawasaki... Uh battery is going to be able to power a motor vehicle of any kind <laughs> um, well a, a full-size motor vehicle you know yeah there's there's a little thing called cranking amps and just oh we have to go back to the stats i think it was a twin a twin cylinder um motor 750 cc motor that's in that buggy which wouldn't have mm-hmm. a lot of compression compared to an old six cylinder four liter petrol engine in the jeep that hasn't ran for 20 plus years <laughs> um that's without 
Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. Uh, Gray's holding um, a blue, seemingly blue toolbox here, which I'm guessing was in that buggy because if anything coming from the visitor centre, it should be old and decrepit and showing its age. You can only sort of see the handle he's hanging on, not the rest of it. So not quite, not quite sure there. But uh, they hear a whoosh off in the jungle, and it gets both their attentions. They look about the foliage, but um, can't see anything. Zach asks Gray. Uh, no, Grark, Zach, you think it's still out there, and Zach looks uh, at Grey, who's terrified, and realises he needs to calm him down. He says, I mean, uh, I know for a fact he's definitely not out there, alright? <laughs> totally safe. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's fighting panic here, and uh, he actually pushed the wrong buttons. <laughs> yeah, yep. But uh, he then hands the battery to Grey and says, here, you take this, you're stronger than me, which... Again, just sort of a bit more uh, building that brotherly love there, looking after him. But after a long moment, we cut back to the garage as Zach's putting the battery into the Jeep. On the wall behind him, we can see, uh, as you mentioned earlier, minutes that Spanish warning sign from the old mm-hmm. park. I didn't do a Google Translate, but I'm guess- guessing it's a um, danger high voltage, just looking at the, the symbol on it. Mm-hmm. Um, There's also a um, a brochure map pinned up next to it there is which is completely left field and it's a completely different size to what we see the brochure maps in both uh mm-hmm. the prop remakes and what we see in the back of the explorer so someone's got a larger version of this being in the garage i would have preferred to see either a topo or even just a map with the roads the maintenance roads or something on the park yeah because that seems like a really, really random thing to pin up in a garage just because you're, it's a maintenance garage and they're going to have a more official-looking map than the brochure. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like if there was the, um, the Jurassic World brochure map, like a blown-up one on the side of ACU change room. Like, it doesn't... Yeah. It doesn't... Yeah. It doesn't go with the purpose of that room. Again, it's it's Colin Friday Easter eggs in here, um, which I'm surprised that that high voltage sign isn't just the standard danger ten thousand volt. Maybe that's the um, that's the thing that um, Spielberg made him change. Yeah, I mean, even then, they did have signs in both Spanish and English, kind of past. Uh, peppered around the island, like, especially around the maintenance shed, too, you know? Yeah, and I've, that's, that's my Berenstein, Berenstein bear, because I, for the longest time, did not realise that there were Spanish signs up, but I know, um, I think there's German at the T-Rex paddock as well, because they've got that tongue. Yeah. There, somewhere. I think they have, like, three different languages on the, um, like, they have those little concrete blocks with the uh, warning, no flash photography, no mm. feeding, no antagonizing the dinosaurs, stuff like that. <laughs> hmm. Which, again, is great little world building for 93, just the mm-hmm. fact that, yeah, it's not just rich Americans that's coming here. And as um, Hammond says, everyone in the world has the right to enjoy these attractions. So... And honestly, I have to feel like that's something I feel was lost in the world movies was in the um, in the first two movies and even the third, too. You get these very poignant reminders that you are in the Spanish tropics. You have a high amount of Hispanic people in the movies. You have um, 
you have a lot of Spanish spoken. That's uh, besides English. You have Spanish songs in the sound in the background. You know, and I feel like that's kind of just lost with Jurassic World. It's like, oh yeah, this is just a little bit of uh, Florida suddenly fo- suddenly found its way, uh, like 120 miles off the coast of Costa Rica. Yeah. And that you all, yeah, and we we brought this up at the start with the the whole ferry thing and visitors coming through Costa Rica. Claire's Claire's all about the numbers and that we see in the the flight between to the Indominus paddock between her and Masrani. She's talking about the numbers and he's talking about if the dinosaurs are having fun or guests having fun. If she's in charge of um, uh, recruitment or HR. Maybe maybe when the park opened, they were using locals to um, as as work employees in the park. Mm-hmm. But, um, were realised that wasn't working or or something because you think the bottom dollar um, with guest numbers down, they'd be sort of trying to find as cheap a labour as they could. Yeah, and that's another thing though is that you would expect to find a lot more a lot more Hispanic workers in this park and it seems like it would be extremely expensive to house and maintain the general upkeep of having an almost all American uh, workforce in the middle of the tropics. Well, especially when um, locals could be just either have, have a, um, uh, under deck section of the ferry where the locals are ferried back and forth or have their own crew ferry that may be a little bit quicker going back and forth or even a plane or helicopter or whatever else. Well, I mean, again, going back to the first movie, they had an employee-only ferry, so presumably Hammond would have ferried people who were working both on um, Isla Nublar and Isla Sorna from this ferry back to, like, a maybe some kind of employee camp back at, on the mainland because we that's where the boat was heading to, you know? Yep. Yep. And in if and also we do we have seen there's there's one or two uh, Hispanic workmen on the island. We've seen the the, one, the first guy that gets it in Indominus Pen, um, not to not to race judge, but he seemed to be a Hispanic, so there's a couple around but you'd think there'd be a lot more. Yeah. Um, Especially considering they're in a highly Hispanic era, mostly Hispanic country. (laughs) They'd be like going to, um, say, Japan, uh, Jurassic World Japan, and most of the employees there are German. (laughs) It's just not something you would do. Yeah. And even the government, too, you'd think, well, okay, you want to build this resort and park off our coast. Um you're going to hire our locals. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something that Amazon does is that they get uh, tax incentives from wherever they set up, um, set up like headquarters or um, like facilities or whatever they have in an area. They get tax breaks for hiring people that live within that area and not bringing company people in out of town and ha- setting up their own company town. Because corporations have and will do that. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas cheaper to cheaper to just ship in uh, like company yes men that than it is to hire locals who may potentially file grievances later on. You know. Yeah, I don't want to single out the Germans, <laughs> but uh, it's the same. It'd be like um, 
like Mercedes uh, opening a dealership in Austin, Texas, and only employing Germans that they ship in <laughs> to, to, to me. Exactly, like, yeah. yeah. Um, Versus Toyota, who actually, the I think it was the Corolla, is actually the most American-made vehicle on the road. It's completely built in America. Versus, like, say, uh, I think um, there was a Ford of some sort that was made almost entirely in Mexico and only assembled in America. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, you got to ask a question. <laughs> um, but let's get back to uh, what Zach's doing here, shall we? Um, <laughs> that Using the buggy battery, they're a, they're a small battery. They haven't got the cranking amps. Also, when he did take the battery out, we've seen him. He had a screwdriver in his hand because uh, those terminals go on um, differently to uh, to what vehicles and cars battery terminals are uh, completely different. <laughs> if you had the tools and the time, then yes, you could you could make it suit. Also, the ratchet spanner he's using here to uh, tighten the uh, the battery terminals it wasn't really a common tool back in the nineties either, so, or the early nineties. <laughs> well, not here anyway. Hammond had all the good stuff, so maybe he had a um, brand new set of tools that had ratchet spanners in them. But the convenience of Hollywood, where whatever, whichever tools you ever need are right there yeah. <laughs> at Plus, your disposal. Plus, Whereas I'm... I can hear my dad swearing, at, "Where's that damn socket?" <laughs> <laughs> Plus, um, I'm sure it's an ADR sound effect here too, but a sound effect because he's not really motioning. He's motioning that he's doing something up, but he's not at the same time, which happens a bit here because I don't think the sounds we hear of this Jeep running are actually the Jeep running either, but we'll get there in a minute. <laughs> um, as I said last minute, I would have I would have loved to see him actually take some fuel from the buggy also. The novel yeah. adds the spark plugs and that sort of thing too. If, if you're going to attempt to start this thing after 20 or so years, spark plugs would be out. You'd be checking the cylinders for mm-hmm. make sure the pistons aren't seized. You'd be doing a lot of stuff. You'd be pouring oil in through those spark plugs just to lubricate the top of the, the cylinders. Um, well, I mean, you'd probably need oil in general, you know? Well, in the novel, when um, Owen and Claire get on the scene, it does mention that there's oil on the floor, so whether they change the oil in the novel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, same thing. Oil sitting in a, in a sump pan for 20-plus years is no good. They're not going to get that thing back. They might get a star, but they're not going to get it back to um, back to where they want to go before it cooks the engine. Mm. But yeah, brake fluid, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, brake fluid turns to water, breaks breaks down, and doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing I could think of on here that would rot, that probably wouldn't in the environment that it's in, is the tires, mm. just because it's a it's a tropical environment. It's not getting the freeze-thaw effect that you would in, like, Minneapolis or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Looking, looking at tyres, I know on our on our farm that we sold back in 2013, um, we had an old caravan camper, RV, whatever you want to call it there, um, mm-hmm. that had been there for 35 years. It had been jacked up, and the tyres hadn't been in contact with the ground. They'd had the weight taken off them, but they've still opened to the environments. Mm-hmm. And when we moved, we, we, we pumped the tyres, put air back in them, and towed it uh, about 12 miles down the road to another property where it was stored. 
And those tyres held up. I wouldn't go driving it down the highway to interstate because <laughs> 30-year-old tyres without having any weight on them. But mm-hmm. I can see, yes, in the right conditions, I can see the tyres um, still being intact. It's on a concrete surface, um, so they probably wouldn't rot as, as quickly as if they were outside. We mentioned bef- we mentioned earlier that it's possible the roof only recently was blown off, so mm-hmm. you're not going to have the water. And the door had been shut before they had actually went and opened it, you know. So it's it was in an enclosed garage. It wasn't like the door had been open the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in saying that too, you see a lot of times barn find videos on YouTube and that where they find old cars that have been in barns and that for. 20, 30 years, and yes, tyres are flat, they're cracked, they're split. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you've got rodents, which we know from the novel they'd had a, they had a rodent problem on the island. <laughs> there was another thing I was going to bring up is how my dad is actually restoring his first motorcycle. He had kept his, uh, actually I think it was a Kawasaki motorcycle. Mm. But anyway, he had kept it in our barn, at the at the uh for since probably 1984 and it hasn't been ran the we know for a fact that the engine needs a complete rebuild the uh seats are completely were leather are completely cracked and chipped the tires need to be entirely replaced the uh, um and my dad is suspect that there's probably a rodent nest in the gas tank at <laughs> from some point so another thing I was going to bring up is you would think that animals would be living inside the chassis at this point, you know? <laughs> I know for a fact that a lot of, like in the winter, they tell homeowners keep or car owners that keep their vehicles outside keep an eye out because cats will like to crawl into the inside, the, uh, like the engine, not the engine block, but where like the area where the engine is to kind of get remnant heat off the engine yep. and, and, to, and we'll fall asleep there. <laughs> I know people who have uh, started their car and accidentally cooked squirrels inside the car, inside the on the engine. One of my, um, one of my friends, he does a local school bus, kids school bus run. He's got the school bus parked at his house. And, mm-hmm. um, and one morning he started the bus up and the cat was in there and the cat lost its tail that morning. Um, Oof. <laughs> and lost or a bit kitty. of fur as well, but same thing. Now, well, that cat won't be doing it again. But um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got two hours, and he actually goes there mm-hmm. and bangs on the the rear panel, the rear hatch at the motor to if there's a cat in there to scare it off before he starts the bus. But like the novel mentioned that there was possums living on the island, and a vehicle abandoned like this is a perfect possum nest uh, sample, you know. Mm. Well, my one of my last cars, um, it had been out in a paddock under a tree for 12 months, and, of course, the rats had got in there and hadn't done anything to the seats or anything, but gone straight into the heater box and filled it full of hay and straw and, and nesting in there. But <laughs> um, that's only 12 months, and mm-hmm. I, know, I know, too, we used to have a heap of abandoned vehicles on the farm that just had broken down and weren't couldn't be fixed and whatever else, and being kids and exploring, going and climbing in these cars, and... The first thing you do, you open the open the door, and there's either a big huntsman or a big spider in the door jam, or Ooh. there's just spider webs everywhere. <laughs> like again, you're in the jungle. There's all sorts of. We've talked before. There's, there's there's millions <laughs> of insects and spiders and snakes and bugs in the jungle that can kill you. 
or really scare you. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that happened to my dad's truck, and it was not even that old of a truck, but he left it out over the fall. He wasn't using it because he would get a ride to work. And so a I can't remember if it was a squirrel or I think it was a mouse built a nest inside the engine. Or not inside the engine, but inside under the hood someplace. And luckily the mouse wasn't there, but the nest still was. So when he, next time he started it up, the nest caught fire. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> yep, yeah, so there's there's a million, million different things here, what <laughs> could be wrong with these vehicles, um, as you said earlier, with the gas, I know here, um, after sort of three or four years, it starts to turn to jelly and blocks, um, especially like sort of when you're using it in jet skis, motorbikes, or outboard motors, and that it sort of, um, it, it blocks, blocks the fuel system and can't be used, um, mm-hmm. causing all sorts of problems. If it doesn't just evaporate altogether um, out of the fuel tank, um, all your small wires, fuses, all that sort of stuff. If you do have rats camped on your distributor cap, they're probably going to chew mm-hmm. through your spark plug leads and that sort of thing as well. Um, compies. Remember at the end of the second season of Camp Cretaceous, the compies were chewing all the wires in the park. Remind me when we get the DPG saying that compies were on the island because they caught a lift over on the boat from sauna. Is that Jurassic World era, or did they do that back in 93? I think they did that back in Jurassic Park era. So, yeah, there's still probably compies loose running around the park. Plus, I'm certain it would be difficult as hell to contain them because they were employed for, um, like, uh, defecate, defecation cleanup and... Um, they so they're probably as free range as most of the other dinosaurs, you know. Yeah. All right. Just hope any, a, park, any a kid reasons? doesn't get bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, any other reasons why this jeep shouldn't run <laughs> before we get back <laughs> into the minute? <laughs> I, think, I think we've covered covered it all. Yeah. Because I've pretty um, even though it is parked in the garage near too, living in the tropics. Um, it doesn't have to be exposed to elements. Humidity gets into everything. <laughs> that mm-hmm. the moisture from humidity as well, but um, that's more in relation to the leather seats. When we see Gray sitting um, behind the driver's seat here, with um, those seats in the background, mm-hmm. you can see him. He's just jumping all over it, and there's really no effect, you know. It's... And being leather seats, as I mentioned. It needs conditioning because otherwise, in that humidity, the leather's just going to dry and crack. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too. Like we see the um the Jeep night the twenty nine uh, little thing hanging from the rear vision mirror, way too good a condition for what it should be. <laughs> um, being so far removed as well, it being sort of laminated paper, <laughs> it should have it should have disappeared or at least faded. We don't we don't see him open the front doors to the garage here, do we? So presumably no. Yeah, presumably this has been open. Uh, it's, there'd be a certain hour of the day where sun would probably come in through the front here. You'd expect the whole front of this Jeep and that to be faded, but but here he's sitting in Jeep Twenty Nine, obviously as we mentioned before, the same Jeep uh, Alan Ellen Ian were ferried to the visitor center in, in Jurassic Park. Like I mentioned a couple of minutes ago when we first got here, something must have happened that day. Oh, this Jeep must have required maintenance for it to be in this garage. Um, <laughs> apart from just the uh, the callback and the Easter egg. But, mm-hmm. um, 
Well, I imagine that they probably gathered a lot of the Jeeps up when they came back for the cleanup in 94 and put them wherever they, wherever they could find a spot to put them, you know? Well, it could have been at the time, though, they were actually using them um, and something broke down then and they put it back in here and just didn't do anything with it after that. Yeah. But, yeah, we said that the seats look good. Um, Grey turns the key and the Jeep fires up. And it's sort of weird here. The Jeep doesn't move. When Grey's in it moving around, um, when Zach jumps in it later, when he fires it up, the Jeep doesn't move at all. Um, you'd think it'd sort of wobble or, or wobble a little bit as it fires up, especially with how yeah. bad the engine's running. Um, mm-hmm. You could say, okay, maybe the suspension sort of seized up a bit as well, but... You'd expect, like, a shutter or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, like you... Especially, it's not a large vehicle, um or very large vehicle, I know here, my wagon, that if, if it runs a bit rough, the whole thing, you can feel the whole thing move and mm-hmm. wobble a bit and shudder, but but I do I do like how they've added the the poorly running sound effects here. It sounds like there's an exhaust leak or two. <laughs> oh, there's another thing. The belts would for sure be rotted. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even that. Zach slams the bonnet closed and climbs in a Jeep and... As you said, that like that seatbelt's got a shine on it. Like that's a brand new seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then even as um, as he's putting the seatbelt on, Zach climbs in. Um, you can hear that sound effect of the jeep running, and it sounds like it's about to stall. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it'd idle that well. You'd have to give it, give it a few revs and a cough some splutter and carry on. But, mm-hmm. um, I'd imagine though that that the seatbelts being vinyl would probably hold up more than most of the other things in this Jeep. Like, we can see the um, the laminated uh, uh, pass, the, the Jeep pass, and the uh, hang, hanging from the rearview mirror. That's, that's laminated, so that's going to stay there. It might fade a little bit, but... And the plastic might frost over a little bit, but in the right conditions, it's not going to be that bad, you know? Yeah. yeah. Again, it just, it just depends on moisture and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen seatbelts that have got moss <laughs> growing on it, but that's because they, they got wet. Grey arc, Zach. I thought you failed your driving test, and Zach smiles. Only the driving part. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I failed my driving test just because I forgot how to park up, up a hill. <laughs> I forgot which way to cut your tires. <laughs> well, I was the opposite. I passed the driving part. I failed the theory part of it because I rushed it. But, um, <laughs> I suppose we do need we do need that little mention that he does know how to drive or he's at least taken some lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, which you'd think... I know, I know over here the general trend now is all the cars have automatic transmissions. You have to get some models specifically ordered for manual transmissions. I know a lot of um, driving instructors too. The first lessons you go around in, they actually take you in automatic. So changing gears, learning how to change gears with clutch and using a stick um, isn't on your mind while you're trying to deal with traffic for the first few lessons anyway. So mm-hmm. I suppose the way he takes off, he doesn't. He just drops the clutch. But um, <laughs> but Zach puts his seatbelt on and revs the engine. And sort of has that yeah look on his face. <laughs> um, and again, as he's revving the engine, the Jeep's not rocking at all. It's just sitting there dead dead still. So I think for the, the video camera to be picking up their dialogue here, I don't think that, that engine's running at all. It's just something that's been added later. Mm-hmm. And 
as the minute ends, we cut to behind the Jeep as he floors it out of the garage and the old tyres squeal on the concrete floor. <laughs> so even though it's not running <laughs> the best, it's, it's got to be... Mowing down the grass as he... <laughs> and again, that, that, that high grass around it that should be around the whole building. We get mm-hmm. it here finally at the end, at the rear, but not at the front, unfortunately. Um, and Claire says that road leads back to the uh, new park. What road? <laughs> <laughs> well, just the only the... road I see is the one Zach and Gray are creating. <laughs> well, the, the gap, the gap between the trees where the road once was, it sort of again reminds me back to the Lost World novel where they're following what the road is on the map on the GPS, but it's it's tight on both sides. Um, <laughs> which I suppose. The whole taking the Jeep, we could have just had the nostalgic trip here of being in the garage with these old Jeeps. There's no there's no time crunch. They're just trying to get out of the area and get back to the park. Yeah. As you said, we know we know later that um, Claire says that... Is it Claire or Owen? One of, them, one of them says that that road leads to the park. We didn't have them walking down the road earlier, so they could have just come out the end of the garage and said, look, there's a road. I bet that leads mm-hmm. back to the park or something and start following that. Especially since the rest of it was cut from the earlier sections, but interestingly, we get in the concept art, we we get to see Zach and Gray. Um, they are looking at they uh, are in the old visitor center, and they can see they must be standing on a hill or something because they can see back to the new park. Yeah. It, it... Well, it looks like it's looking at the front of the, the damaged roller door or something on the garage, or a, a wall with a hole in it or something. Um, mm-hmm. Even, again, that map on the wall, if that map showed the roads on the island, you, they could see, hey, look, this road here goes back towards the park, we can follow it. Mm-hmm. But then we're going to get into the next, <laughs> the next couple of minutes where uh, they need it to get through a gate as well, which... I've got a bit to talk about when we get to there as well. (laughs) (laughs) Again, the the, the attempt at nostalgia and failing completely, but we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, No, that's it. Anything else on uh, 73 before we get into the novel comparisons? Uh, No, I think we're good. Well, that's the end of the episode then, because uh, Grace starts a Jeep as per the film. Nothing (laughs) new to add there. Um, So that's it for the garage until... uh, couple minutes time when Owen and Claire find it but uh, that's it for 73 Dave anything else before we get out of here for the day no I think we're good alright lovely mm-hmm.